0: Well, let's get right into our word this morning, Luke chapter three, uh, beginning verse number two. Luke chapter three, beginning verse number two. I know it's a little bit different scripture, but let's let's read it. It Says while Annas and Caiaphas were high priests, the word the word of God came to John the son of Zacharias in the wilderness, and he went into the into all the region around the Jordan, preaching a baptism of repentance for the remission of sins as it was written in the book of the words of Isaiah, the prophet saying, the voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight. Every valley shall be filled, every mountain and hill brought low. The crooked places shall be made straight and the rough ways smooth. Notice verse six, and all flesh shall see the salvation of God. May the Lord add his blessing to his word this morning. Now this morning I'm going to begin, and, and I, I, I struggle because I don't think it's not really a short series. It's a it's a two part, three part message that I want to present this morning on rediscovering Christmas. Uh, I, I I just turned recently 58 years old, and uh, you know my granddaughter said, "Papa, you old," and <laughs> and I said, "I feel that," you know. I mean, so so here's the thing: all my life. How many's heard the Christmas story before? No. I know, that's kind of duh. All my life, I've heard the story. All my life, I've heard the Christmas story. Not only have I heard the story, I've participated in pageants and plays. Anybody else? You know, I, I've, I've been, I mean, think about it. In, in, I've done, sometimes I'm the sheep. Sometimes I'm the shepherd. Sometimes I'm Joseph. Sometimes I'm the wise guy, I mean the wise man, you know. <laughs> uh, I mean, it's just, I mean, sometimes I'm, you know, it's just part of who we are. And, and I've pastored here now for 30 years, and so I've preached the Christmas story from just about every angle you can imagine. And, and my point being is if we're not careful, with all of the, with, with the busyness of the day, it would be very easy for us to get lost in the redundancy of our yearly celebrations right? If we're not careful, it can become just another holiday season where we forget the true meaning and purpose of Christmas. And and I think that's why Rediscovering Christmas is a good title. Um, How how about this one? How many of you have heard about the war on Christmas? Anybody heard about, you know, there, there are people that talk about the war on Christmas and what they mean by that. And I don't mean anything other than there are people today that talk about the war on Christmas and what they mean is that uh, and, and they call for uh, boycotts? They want people to boycott certain establishments because they say "Happy Holidays" instead of "Merry Christmas" and and, and things like that. And, and in fact, there are organizations that actually track that, and they'll publish lists and they'll tell people to boycott this one because they they say "Happy Holidays" and somebody else says "Merry Christmas." And and to be honest with you, I used to get worked up about it. I don't anymore because my typical greeting is "Merry Christmas." It does not matter what type of greeting I'm given. During this time of year, I'm going to say Merry Christmas. That's who I am. And my intent is not to be antagonistic. My intent's not to be offensive to anybody. It's just that Jesus is not an add-on to my life. Think about it. He's not an add-on. He's not something that I schedule. Uh, the, The truth of the matter is He is my life. And I cannot separate Jesus from my day-to-day existence. And so, when I respond to somebody, and again, it doesn't matter where I'm at, it doesn't matter what I'm doing, if they say, happy holidays, I'll say, Merry Christmas to you. And, and I do that, again, not with the intent of hurting their feelings or, or, or causing World War III. That's just who I am. I won't apologize for it. If they don't like it, I'm sorry, but get over it. That's just it. <laughs> You know, we, we also heard that Christmas has become, how I mean, he's heard this one, that Christmas has become too commercialized? Absolutely. Absolutely. Perhaps so. But you know what? Even in the movie, Miracle on 34th Street, they were fussing that Christmas wasn't like what it used to be. Now, that was in the 40s. So, so my point is, this has been going on a long time. People have been talking about Christmas losing its impulse, losing its impact, losing the meaning. It's been going on a long time, and I think this is why that my, my message over the next couple of weeks is important, rediscovering Christmas. You see, Christmas is a time of celebration because of the, as Paul said, the indescribable gift. Think about it. Have you ever got a gift that was indescribable? Those socks that you can't quite put into words what they, what they are, you know? Some of you remember years ago when I, uh, again, I've been here a long time. I was 27 when I started pastoring here, and, and, and ties were a big thing back in the day. I used to, man, I had ties. I had, I had bright ties and colorful ties. and I just, I just enjoyed that. And then one day it dawned on me, it's too hot in Texas to wear ties, you know? Uh, so there were some things that I've had in my past that were indescribable. Paul said that you and I have been given an indescribable gift. What is that gift? It's the Incarnation. It's the incarnation. God becomes one of us to do for us what we can't do for ourselves. That is the indescribable gift. That's Christmas. I mean, think about what the angels announced that night in Luke chapter 2. It says, glory to God in the highest and on earth, what? Peace, goodwill toward men. That's Christmas right there. This is a time of peace. It is a time of joy. It's a time to give glory to God and extend goodwill to our fellow man. Now, that's the, that's the purpose of purpose. Of Christmas joy and cheer. Now I realize we don't live in a Christian world. In fact the Bible teaches we live in a sin fallen world marred by evil but as Christ followers that's not an excuse not to live out the Christmas story. Amen? We live in a world that's been marred by sin. We live in a fallen world that's under a curse but that's not an excuse for us as believers not to celebrate the joy of the Christmas season and present the message of Christ to a darkened world. You know, my text, again, is a little bit unusual for the Christmas uh, story, but as we get into it, maybe, maybe you'll see the connection here this morning. Our text is about John the Baptist, okay? Everybody heard of John the Baptist? He was a prophet. He was a priest. And he, his ministry was outside of town, and it drew thousands of people as this man thundered against hypocrisy and the the, the religious crowd of the day. He thundered against them. He preached a message of repentance and baptism. And we know it well. But here's the thing. John the Baptist, his purpose was not about just preaching repentance and baptism in the wilderness. The Bible says the purpose of John the Baptist was to prepare the way of the Lord. That was his assignment. That was his purpose. And, and, and as you read chapter three further down, there's a story about folks complaining. They come to John and they say, John, there are other people that are preaching the gospel, they're preaching the message. And, and what happens was, John was losing this crowd. There were other people that were preaching, and, and so people were leaving him and going to other places. And so they start complaining about it. And, and if you read that narrative there, this is where John utters his famous words in verse 30 when he says, He must increase. But I must decrease. Wow. What a statement. See, herein lies the key. Herein lies the key. If you want to sum up what the Christian life is all about, he must increase and I must decrease. That is the essence of Christianity right there. He's to become greater, I'm to become less. John's purpose, his mission, was to pave the way of the coming Messiah. Now, fast forward to where we are. Likewise, we as believers have been called to do the exact same thing, especially at Christmas. See, John was proclaiming the coming of the Messiah to his, the incarnation, the birth. You and I are proclaiming and preparing the way for the second coming of Christ. We've been called to pr- present the message of salvation to a lost world. You know, listen, with all the craziness of our world today and the, uh, you know, the times that we live in, it's easy to miss the reason, I know it's a cliche, the reason for the season. It's easy for that to get lost in the chaos and the troubles of our day. You know, if we're not careful, we can become so distracted by the external things, the material things, the stressful things that we miss out on the beauty and the simplicity of the Christmas message. I want you to think about the beauty of it. I love Christmas songs. In fact, Yesterday, I got stuck YouTubing. Anybody ever do that? I was YouTubing various artists singing O Holy Night. And I was blown away by some of them. And I would say, that's good. i got to go back and listen to it again. And I probably sat there an hour just like that. Isn't that amazing? I was enraptured by the words and the presentation of that song and I sat there for about an hour just watching the video of somebody singing, Oh, Holy Night. And I'm thinking, man, that's Christmas. When you can get lost in the splendor of his birth and the wonder of it all. You know, John three sixteen 16 rings, rings really loud and clear this time of year. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him would not perish, but have everlasting life. See, the Christmas message is that God loves the world. And not only did God love the world, that's part of it, but the other part of it was that He provided a way for us to have peace and goodwill, first with Him and then with our fellow man. See, that's it right there. When I come to to the Christ child, when I come to Jesus, and 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 I crown Him Lord of my life, I now have peace with God, and I'm entitled to the peace of God. And so I have peace with Him, I'm settled with Him, because the Bible says when I'm in my sin, I'm at enmity with God. I'm forgiven, I'm now at peace with God, now I can have peace with others. Remember, I relate this way and this way. If this is not right, this won't be right. I've often said if your relationships are are strained with other people, check your relationship vertically. If you're struggling in relationships with somebody else, whether it be a a, a husband a wife, a a parent-child relationship or friendship relationship, if there is some angst in that relationship, check your vertical relationship. Because again, when you're at peace with Him, you have His peace that you're able to be at peace with others. Again, as we run at breakneck speed this Christmas season, may we rediscover Christmas by intentionally making room for Him. And so for the next little bit, I want to I want to give you three steps that we can take to make room for Jesus in our daily lives. Number one, and again, I am tell you, this is going to sound strange, but make a path. Make a path. Now, our text is quoting Isaiah chapter 40. And Isaiah 40 talks about a voice of one calling in the desert, prepare the way for the Lord. Now, in these times, so, so what was happening at that time, if a king was going to go and, and, and tour his kingdom, if he was going to go into a different part of his kingdom The king would always send messengers ahead of him, and they would go into the villages and places they were going to go, and they would prepare the way. And if there was not a way, and it's interesting because some translations say, prepare a road for the Lord. The Greek word Lord means beaten path, or excuse me, road means beaten path. So what he's saying is, the king is coming, and if there isn't a way, make one. Beat a path if necessary, but make a way for the king because he's coming. Kind of gives you a little bit of insight on that. Hey, I grew up in South Alabama, okay? I'm an Alabama boy. Obviously, you wouldn't know that, but uh, uh, I grew up in Mobile. Uh, We grew up in West Mobile. Anybody know where Mobile is? Anybody ever been to Mobile? Other than going through the tunnel on I-10, going to Florida. (laughs) Um, So I grew up in West Mobile, and in fact, only about two miles from the Mississippi state line, And when I was a kid growing up, we were surrounded by, I don't know if the proper term would be forests, but we were, I called it woods. Uh, Back in my time, there was a lot of forestry, there was a lot of paper mill companies, you know, that would uh, go out and they would harvest the trees and and they would use them pulp pulp wood and things like that. And so we had thousands of acres of land. It's not like that anymore. It's kind of like driving up the toll road. Every piece of vacant land's got dirt turning over on it now. Build apartments and houses, but anyway, that's a different gripe. Um, so, so when I was a kid, though, I would hunt. I, my love for the outdoors came because I grew up in that in that place. We had a we had a again. My dad said it was a garden. We had a farm, and so I grew up as a kid. I can remember many times going out in those woods with my with my gun, and I was hunting rabbits. I had to be very very quiet because I was hunting rabbits, you know. <laughs> And, and, and I would go all over those woods, and I did that for years. And you know, the interesting thing, what I found out was the more, uh, the more time, and over a period of time, you know what started happening? I started making, we call them a trail. I started making trails. I had walked those patterns. I, would, I had walked those, those woods so much that I literally was beating a path wherever I went. So, so if you ever got lost in the woods, find my trail. Because my trail always led me home. That's kind of the idea here, that we are to lead people, make a path for them. You know, if I have to beat one, beat a path. And again, after some time, you could tell the path that I normally took because, again, I would beat the path. That's what he's telling us to do. Again, what does this have to do with Christmas? Well, I think we need to beat the path to some of those around us who are hurting. That, That to me is what Christmas is all about. Remember, the message was good tidings of great, what? Joy. To whom? To all people. That's important. Because there's some people today that live as though they feel like they don't deserve the good tidings of great joy. There are people today that are living with guilt and shame and disappointment, and they feel like they don't have a right to ask for the joy but he said, it's good tidings of great joy to all people. That's, all, that's the only way it categorizes, all people. You know, so again, his birth is to bring great joy to all people, and yet you and I are surrounded by people today that joy has passed them by. They do not have joy. You know, we are, worri- you know, we are worrisome people. We're worried and burdened about many things, and joy has passed us by. What do we do this Christmas season? I want to make room. I need to make room to beat a path to those around us in need. You know, Jesus even said, if you give a cup of water in my name, what do you say? You've done it to me. If you serve somebody in my name, you have done that to me. It's like giving it to him personally. And, you know, look for those who have a tough time. Make a path to them. You know, we're surrounded by people that are carrying the baggage of yesterday's failures and disappointments. Again, if I were to, uh, you know, in that need, the need to shine right now is greater probably, I, I say it, than it's ever been before. There are people today that are suffering, they're hurting, they're living in darkness, and just like in that day, those who dwell in darkness have seen a great light. We make a path to them. We shine the light of Jesus. The Christmas message is hope and joy. The light came to those dwelling in darkness. Think about it. To the mom that feels like she's a failure, beat a path to her. To the father that feels unworthy, beat a path to him. To the woman that went through a nasty divorce and still reeling from the emotional trauma, beat a path to her. To the father whose wife walked out on him, beat a path to him. To the teenager who feels like he or she's unwanted and a burden to everybody, beat a path to them. To that single parent that wonders why they're not good enough, beat a path to them. To the elderly man or the elderly woman who feels like no one really cares, beat a path to them. That's how we rediscover Christmas. The Christmas message was good tidings of great joy to all people. Be the path to those who are hurting and share the love of Christ. You know, our society is so divided today. Friendly, how many notice that friendliness no longer exists in the level that we are maybe accustomed to? It's a sad thing. I mean, think about it. We we go into the garage, get in our car. We back out of our garage, shut the door, go to our destination, get out, do our business, get back in the car, drive into our garage and shut the door and right back into the house. That's a typical lifestyle today. Good tidings of great joy to all people. Beat a path to those who are hurting today and share the love of Christ. This this Christmas season, rediscover the joy of Christmas and beat a path, make a path. Prepare the way to shine in the darkness of those people around us. You never know the people that you come in contact with every day. The second thing is, the second step would be not only make a path, but make it straight. Again, Isaiah 40 gives us, again, that's our text this morning, and it says, every valley shall be filled in, every mountain and every hill made low. The crooked roads shall become straight, the rough ways smooth. I don't know about you, but that's pretty promising to me you got to look at what those words mean. You see, life can be tough. How many you figured that out yet? <laughs> life can be tough. And, and this time of year, tough times are magnified. They're magnified. I, I'm not saying that tough times don't, don't exist in, a, in, in all the other 11 months, but there's something about the 12th month that we, we notice it more. We, we hear about it more. I've heard about a dad who was asked to describe Christmas and the two words that he used were this, panic and guilt. That's how he described Christmas. And, and he elaborated. And he said, he said, panic because I don't know how to provide a good Christmas for my children. The money is just not there. And then guilt because he wants to be a better provider for the family. He said, but I just don't measure up. Wow. That's one person. And you can probably replicate that over and over and over again, that there are people that feel unworthy, inadequate, whatever else you want to describe. If I were to ask you this morning, how many here would be, uh, Don't please don't raise your hand, but if I were to ask here, if you, how many here today would be truly struggling this Christmas season? For whatever reason, I'm sure there would be a lot of hands, if we were honest, that would go up and say, you know what, I'm struggling this Christmas. Oh, it's not just about the presents under the tree or the trimmings that go with Christmas. It's the deep, dark valley. See, all of us right now, we're traversing the deep, dark valleys. We're traveling the crooked paths. You know, you ever thought about those things? These are the paths of uncertainty. That's what he's talking about. A crooked path is one that you can't see around the next bend. So there there were trails that I walked when I was, a uh, little, little kid growing up, a teenager growing up, and they, they, some of the, tra- the trails that I would beat for myself took sharp turns. And if you were just to walk on that trail and just walking down, there would be a sharp turn. You would know what was around there. And I used, to, I used to have that imagination where, again, when I was hunting rabbits, and I'd be walking my trail, you know, doing my thing, and I'd come up to one of those bends in my trail, and I would always imagine this big old buck sitting right around the corner. Sometimes I'd imagine the boogeyman being around the corner. If I was out in the woods all by myself, I'd hear, anybody know what I'm talking about? You hear the, the creeks and the, you know, all kinds, there's a lot of noise that goes on in the wilderness that you don't, you know, that can be unsettling at times. You didn't know what was around the bend. See, that's the point. See, right now, maybe that's where you are right now. Maybe you're on one of those paths and, and the way's crooked. You don't know what's around the next bend. In fact, you're sitting here and you're afraid of what's around the corner. Because the last corner you just did brought you heartache and brought turmoil and brought chaos. And you're afraid of what's around the bend. He said, make that straight. Maybe you're on the valley of uncertainty or facing an insurmountable mountain. (laughs) I was telling early service this morning, I've I've locked into a show that comes on uh, the Smithsonian Channel and it's called Aerial America. And, and it's one of these shows that they go to different, it, it's, it's incredible. They go to different states and they show some of the highlights of the, the states and stuff. And I mean, it's it, it just fascinating to me. And, and I'm thinking back to the Lewis and Clark days, you know, so go back a long time. And, and I'm thinking about how these people that came From the east they go through the great plains and they want to go west and 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 you know if you keep going out of the great plains and you go west you're going to run into some imposing obstacle anybody know what it is rocky mountains that's right it's the rocky mountains and and i'm thinking about what what about i mean that's that's it's impassable I mean, here they are in horse and buggy and these carts and, and, and they're, they're going west, young man, and they get out there and all of a sudden here is this, this mountain range that goes from Canada down into Mexico and, and they're wanting to get on the other side. Why? Because their hopes and dreams are on the other side. The land of their dreams are on the other side. Somebody had to find a way. What I'm saying is that what he's describing to us is that there there are places right now where we are looking and we see this imposing obstacle, and all of our hopes and dreams are on the other side, and we stand here today intimidated by the mountain wondering, how are we going to get over there? You see, somebody back in those days had to have the tenacity and the nerve to say, you know what? This mountain's not going to keep me from my dreams. And they had to to suck it up, and they had to find a way so they could lead others. That's what he's telling us to do. That's what he said. Make it straight. Especially this Christmas, it's what we've been called to do. When Jesus was born, listen, nothing was right. Everybody wants everything to be right. Nothing was right when Jesus was born. Oh, I know you can go to your Bible, and you can go to Matthew chapter 1, take a you know throw back a few pages to the left and you come into malachi and and in our bibles it's only a flip of a page or two but in reality that wasn't two pages it was 400 years for 400 years there had been darkness for 400 years they had not been a a prophet of god and for 400 years there had not been fresh manna from heaven for 400 years they all they heard about was the dream of a messiah Probably to the point where they wondered if it was all folklore, make-believe. But on that night, in the middle of the desert, again, at that time nothing was right, the world was a mess, the government was a mess, religion was a mess, man wandered blindly through the darkness with no Hope, very little hope for anything ever changing. But then, (laughs) on that first Christmas, the darkness gave way to the light. In fact, the Bible says, a great light shone about them. See, that's Christmas. My prayer is that this Christmas season, if you're in the darkness, may His light shine brighter than it's ever been before. I remember some years ago, uh, we did an experiment here in this church. We turned, I had everybody turn all the lights out. And I held up a single candle. Now, we have no windows in this building. So it's dark. It's dark. And if you go up behind the balcony there in some of those rooms up on the backside, you can't see your hand in front of your face. It's that dark. You know what I discovered when we did that? I started to do it this morning, but is that in a building as as, as big as and voluminous as this building is? In pitch darkness, one light gives off a whole lot of light. Just a little light, and here's what I discovered: that the darker, the dark, the greater the light shines. That's Christmas. That's Christmas, I'm to beat a path to those that are in need. I'm to shine in in their light. I'm to make the crooked way straight. I'm to give them confidence and certainty that hope can be reborn. I mean, think about it. When on that first Christmas night, darkness gave way to light, angelic messengers came with a message, and they announced the birth of of a prince. And it wasn't just any prince. It was the prince of peace. In a world of Roman subjugation, chaos and turmoil, and the darkness of 400 years, peace came. You know what that tells me? It tells me that, you know, because when Jesus was born, they still were in subjugation. They still had to deal with Roman tyranny, but they had the Prince of Peace. What I'm saying is that this Christmas season, if I'm going to rediscover the, 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 the message of Christmas. It's not the absence of my heartaches and my problems. I, I, listen, I believe that with one, one snap of his finger, one breath of his nostril, everything can change because G- Jesus makes all the difference. But I also believe in the middle of my storms, where the wind continues to blow and the waves continue to batter, I can have an inner tranquility, an inner peace, That everything's okay. That's what's happening right here. Make things straight for people. All around us are people that are struggling right now. Make a a path to those who are wandering in darkness and despair and shine the light to straighten the crooked paths so they can walk with certainty. Help them bring down the mountains of impossibility and lead them through the deep dark valleys. That's what the Christmas message is all about. Those who have dwelt in darkness have seen a great light. Listen, if you're trapped out in the wilderness, you know, I was in the military, we, we used to do, for whatever reason, they enjoy doing blackout exercises. And, and uh, you know, you, it, it's interesting because it's amazing how God created our bodies. Because if you have the absence of light, it's amazing how your eyeballs adjust to be able to see things in the dark. I remember one time we were, can I share this story with you? I've got to hurry up. We're doing a nighttime exercise in Louisiana. Uh, Louisiana is known as a free-range state, okay? So that means that animals can wander <laughs> where they want to go. And, and so we're out on this range doing, doing night exercises, and, you know, I got C-130s buzzing above me, and helicopters around, and we're driving down this road, and we're in blackout conditions. so it means we can't use the headlights. We have a little pin light on the front corner of our vehicle, And it was just enough to reflect off of different colors. And I'm driving along in the middle of the night, and all of a sudden I see a reflection. And it caught my attention just like that, and I slammed on the brakes. And when I got out, it was a big old white cow that had laid down in the middle of the road. And I thought, boy, it would be helpful if I could turn my lights on. (laughs) And I I think sometimes, sometimes we... The light comes on and we see. That's what it means to make a path, to make a path and to make it straight. Take those paths of uncertainty, those, those, in, those improbable, impassable mountains and obstacles. Bring them down. There's hope. See, that's what happened. The birth of Jesus changed everything. He came into the world that was troubled and prob- filled with problems and He shone His light. As you and I rediscover Christmas, may we rediscover that light still drives out darkness. It works don't believe me go home today get in your bedroom your bathroom turn the light out turn the light on in the other room open the door what happens does the darkness rush out and squelch the light no the light rushes in and illuminates the dark it still works by the way I know it looks like we're losing in today's culture I know it looks like, listen, I've read the reports, I've read the demise of the church and that the church has seen its better days and there's nothing, uh, you know, that, that we're just holding on. No, that's not it. The Bible teaches of a triumphant bride. He said, I'm going to build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. The light is still shining and darkness is still trembling. And that's what you and I have been called to do. We've not been called to cower in the corner and, 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 and hide. And it's, We've been called to stand as a city set upon a hill that cannot be hidden. That's the message of Christmas. You know, Christmas is not just about tinsel and toys. It's not about, I saw Mommy kissing Santa Claus under the mistletoe last night. It's not about Dasher, Dancer, Prancer, Vixen, Comet, Cupid, Donner, and Blitzen. And my granddaughter said, Chad. I don't know who Chad is, but (laughs) I'll include him in one of the reindeers. (laughs) It's not not about that. Yeah, those things are around. It's not about that. It's about Those living in darkness, seeing a great light, a light of hope, a light of peace. See, for these people that lived in darkness for 400 years, all of a sudden when the light came, they started dreaming again. They started dreaming again. What I'm saying is there are people today that are living in darkness. And again, there are even people that sit in our churches that live in darkness. I'm not talking about sin. They're just, their dreams have been squelched. Their dreams have been, you know, deflated through whatever reason, Christmas brings hope. How many seen our billboard yet? If you've not seen it, if, you get, if you're driving towards town right by the football stadium, look to the left up. I love it. It's a beautiful, beautiful billboard. It says, hope is born. That's what Christmas is. It's hope. It's hope that I can dream again. It's hope that I can see visions and dream dreams and have a future. You know, make room for Jesus. Make a path for, his, for, for Him to other people who are still in darkness. Shine. Make things straight who, for those who are living in uncertainty. And the last one is this, and I've talked about it, but shine. Shine. The Bible says we're not to, we used to sing a song when we were kids. Anybody remember this song? This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. Hide it under a bushel? No. No. See, you know it too. You sang the same song. (laughs) Won't let Satan? (sighs) Yeah, I'm going to let it shine. Do it. Shine. Our text says all mankind will see God's salvation. That's the story of Christmas. Amen. That's the story of Christmas. It's not a story of condemnation. It's not a story of judgment. It's not a story of punishment. I quoted earlier John three sixteen. My granddaughter comes in the other day. Says, Papa, do you know John three sixteen? She's learning scripture. I said, Yes, ma'am, I do. So I rattled it off, and I said, Well, now let me ask you, do you know John three seventeen? She kind of looked at me with a, like There's a seventeen. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whoever Whosoever believes in Him will not perish, but have everlasting life. For God sent not His Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through Him might be saved. You see that? That, That's the purpose of Christmas right there. The essence of Christmas is that a Savior is born. God didn't send His Son into the world to condemn, to judge, to punish. God sent His Son into the world so that through Him the world might be saved. That's why through that, throughout the Scripture, whosoever will, let him come and drink of the waters of life freely. That's what we've been called, to shine and declare the message of Jesus. The truth is to be, sh- to be shown about those who are living in darkness. We shine this truth to the downtrodden, to the outcasts, to the rejects, and to the undesirables. It is a message of hope to those who have no hope. You know what? But it's also a message to the haves, the elites, the privileged and the favored, from the White House to the outhouse, the message is to shine. I shared this with the service, I'll do it again. Some of you remember years ago, I don't remember how many years ago, but I, I asked for volunteers. I said, I need 10 volunteers. I didn't tell you what, I didn't say what it was, I said, I just need somebody, I just need 10 people that will volunteer to help me out on something. That's a brave ask. I said, come on up here and meet me on the stage. I had 10 people, it may have been more than that, but I I, I know it was at least 10. I had 10 people come in line right up here, and I took out 10 $100 bills. Anybody remember that now? And I walked and I gave each one $100. And I said, now here's the thing. That's not your money. I said, that's not for you to run to McDonald's. That's not for you to take the family out to eat. I said, that's not your money. That's God's money. I said, this week, and I don't want you to do it today. Anybody can get rid of $100 in a day, right? I mean, you can do that in a moment. I said, that, I said what I want you to do is I want you to pray. And I want you to ask God to lead you because I truly believe that, if I, that my steps are ordered of the Lord. And I said, I, I want you to go out this week prayerfully. And I want you to listen to that still small voice that's on the inside. And I said, sometime during this week, God's going to tell you, this is the one. And I said, now I want you to take that $100 bill and I want you to go up to them and say, you know what? I feel like the Lord wants me to bless you this Christmas with this. They did that and they came back. What a beautiful service. There were stories, I mean, that would make you just bawl. How God led people that week. I even had the staff get in on it, had the staff go. And, and, and for me, uh, I, you know, I did. I'm not going to ask somebody to do something I'm not willing to do, so I went out. And, and I took one day, and I started driving all over Cleveland, and I'm saying, God, speak to me. <laughs> speak to me. I want to, tell me. So, I'm, I mean, I literally drive all over Cleveland looking for somebody th- that he wants me to give that money to. I go to H-E-B. I walk around H-E-B. I walk around it, I walk around it. I walk around it so many, I walk around it so many times that they finally come up to me and say, sir, can we help you find something? I mean, I'm looking, I'm looking down the aisles. I'm walking in the vegetable section. I'm hanging out by the bacon. And I'm not finding, I, th- there's nothing. I don't, I'm like, God, I, I I know there's somebody out here. So what do I do? Well, I get in my car and I come back and I go to Walmart. They need you. Um, anyway, uh, anyway. <laughs> So I do the same thing. I go into Walmart, and I walk around probably two or three times, and I'm looking. So so on my way into Walmart, I pass a lady who, at this time of year, we know the Salvation Army has their bell ringers out there and their pots. And so I pass her, and she greets me and says, Merry Christmas. I say, Merry Christmas. And I walk on in, and I do my laps. I do a couple. Hey, I got my steps in that day. I promise you. I walk around Walmart two or three times looking and prayerfully saying, God, show me the person that this $100 is to go to. And I'm not finding anybody. I'm not, I'm not having a witness of my spirit. And just a moment, I hear this faint ringing of the bell. And I thought, okay. It was cold that day, very cold actually. So I go back out there to where this lady is that had greeted me, and I said, ma'am, I said, can, you, can, I, can I ask you something? I said, how how did you come about ringing a bell for Salvation Army? Now, through my disaster work that I've done for the last 10, 12 years, I've worked with Salvation Army on tons of disaster relief efforts that we've we've been a part of. I said, how did you become part of this? How did you end up ringing a bell? And so she starts telling me her story. She she had come to visit, her and her husband had come to visit, uh, if I remember correctly, family uh, and their car blew up. Now, I don't know what she meant by that, but their car blew up and they had no transportation. She said, we're homeless. We ended up connecting with Salvation Army. Uh, we stay in their shelter and they let us come and ring the bell and we get some money. We, they pay us a little bit to do this. I said, interesting. I said, so what is it that you're, she said, we're trying, my husband also does the same thing. He's at another store and we're trying to save up enough money to get the car fixed so that we can get back to home. We miss home. We've been, th- at that time, they'd been there a couple months. said, so we really want to get home, but right now we just really don't have much of an option. And I said, okay. So I reached in my pocket, and I pu- pulled out that $100 bill, and I said, ma'am, I said, I knew when I passed you, I said, there was something that kind of, you know, my spirit. But I ignored it because they're just ringing a bell for charity nothing wrong with that. I said, but I feel like the Lord wants me to give this to you. I said, this is not for your bucket. I said, I don't know how to go. I don't know what the protocol is for that. I said, but I want you to take this. This is for you, your family. And I said, I want you to have a Merry Christmas. You know what she does? She starts bawling. It's cold outside. And I said, ma'am, don't cry because your tears are going to freeze on your face. (laughs) I'm not saying that for any attaboys. I'm saying that it's amazing when we shine into someone else's darkness, what you begin to see and what they see. I don't, Angel, are you in the building? Okay, I don't see her this morning. I, I'm, I'm going to say this too, and Angel, if you're watching, thank you. A few weeks ago, about three weeks ago, four weeks ago, I went and sat down and got my hair cut. Don't have much of it to cut anymore. I told her, I said, when it, when it gets to a point, I said, then I'm just going <laughs> uh, to have you buzz it. Got into a conversation, just kind of sharing with me what's going on. She was looking for church. I said, why don't you come with me to church? She said, I'll, I'll do that. She came that Sunday. I said, come back next week. And I said, we'll go to lunch. So my family, we took her out to lunch. The next week, it was three weeks, the next week she came and brought somebody. My whole point is this, this Christmas is an opportune time to shine into somebody's life. I have things to do, I'm busier than, 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 like we all are, than we can even possibly imagine. But you know what? I think sometimes if we really want to find the true meaning of Christmas, we need to be still and know that He's God. We need to be still and know that there are people around us that are dwelling in darkness, And they need the light to shine. If I'm a a barrier of the light, if I'm an ambassador of Christ, then I carry the light with me. And my job is not to hide it. It's not to squelch it. My job is to shine it. Not for antagonistic purposes, but to illuminate a path so that it can be made straight. Listen, if you've not encountered, guys, come on back as I wrap this up. If you've not encountered someone on a crooked path yet, hang on because you will. You're going to run across somebody this Christmas season that's struggling, that's lonely. Listen, we are lonelier today than we've ever been before. We've got more people, more property. Every piece of vacant land is being sucked up and for developments. It's it's, it's just happening everywhere. And yet we're lonely, we're isolated. May the joy of Christmas fill our hearts. Again, it's not about what's under the tree. I understand. The dad said, I'm, I'm in panic because I don't know how I'm going to provide. I'm guilty because I'm a failure as a provider. That's not the message. I think it was Michael W. Smith who sang the song, I Wish You Jesus. Because when I wish you Jesus, I wish you everything. There's nothing more valuable than giving Jesus to somebody that doesn't have Jesus. Won't you stand with me this morning? Ask God for discernment. Let me walk and discern those people around me. Let me be an answer to somebody's prayer. See, that experiment that we did a few years ago kind of opened my eyes. That if we're intentional about it, God will lead us. If we're intentional, God will lead us to the person to the situation. And I'm not saying it's going to cost you a hundred bucks. That's not what my point is. My point is just a kind word. You know, that, honestly, that lady ringing the bell, she would have been just as happy, I believe, with a conversation with somebody who's not in a hurry to get past the bell ringers because they don't want to put any money in in the bucket. Neither here nor there. That's not the point. Somebody stopped and said, What's up? Tell me. And then begin to share. See, sometimes we have to look past the plastered smiles and the emotionless, I'm fine, and see what's really going on. See what's really going on. My prayer is Jesus, become greater in my life and let me become lesser. You increase and let me decrease. Not only that, help me make a path for others. Help me to beat a path to, and straighten out the ways and to bring down the mountains of opposition and the crooked paths that they're on that bring uncertainty. Help me to make those things straight by shining the joy of the season. As I close this morning, one of the things that I find about the Christmas season is that there are people... They're believers that struggle during this time of year as well because we lose the joy of the holidays, the season. So my prayer this, with this series over the next couple weeks is God, restore the joy of Christmas. Again, what I, some years ago, you know, you heard me talk about this. I told my family, I don't want stuff. I want memories. I want memories. I want things that last. You know, you give me a trinket, and that trinket's broke in a month, a year, or it's misplaced, and I know I have it, but I can't find it, so I'll go buy another one. I want something that lasts more than that. I want to break bread of communion with my church family. I want to worship. I want to to empower the body to do ministry like they've never done before. I want to see people find the joy of serving others. That's Christmas. As I sing this morning, maybe you're here today and say, you know what, Pastor, I'm on that crooked way. I'm on that crooked path. There's some some bends that I'm uncertain about. I don't know what's around the corner. The last corner I, I, I traversed was not good. It brought heartache and disappointment. And I'm quite apprehensive about this next corner. Maybe you're standing there and you're facing a mountain of opposition and obstacles in front of you and you say, Pastor, all my dreams are over there but I'm stuck right here. How do I get there? See, the Christmas message is he came. He came to bring hope. Again, to that family, that wife that went through a divorce and is reeling from pain, that husband that's wife's left who's reeling from pain. That teenage, teenager that feels unwanted and unworthy, he came for that. He came for that. Those who dwell in darkness have seen a great light. Let that light shine. And let it shine in you. So I say, sing this morning. If you need prayer today, again, I, whether you're first time here, maybe this is your millionth time here, doesn't matter if you're here today Say, Pastor, I could use some prayer. I'm struggling this holiday season. I want the Christ of Christmas to shine once again in my life. I want Him to illuminate my path, make it straight, give me the joy. While they sing, Would you come and would you let us pray with you this morning? Don't hurt. Don't hurt by yourself. Don't think that you're the only one. You have to muscle it and pull yourself up by your own bootstraps. Don't do that. Let somebody stand with you and pray. Amen. As you see people move, I want you to come. I need, as you see people move, I want you to come and stand with them. We need to stand. This is what it's all about. The Lord lays on your heart. Come on, friend. Come on, you have to you don't have to hang on to that by yourself.
1: Ever he- hear- He shake hands in the morning of the day, shake. He shake hands in the morning of the day, shake in the morning. It's
0: not over. It's not over. No matter how much you feel the nail has been, the final nail has been put into your coffin, it is not over. I came to bring life, to bring hope, to bring peace, to bring joy. So I would tell you to look to me, not the circumstances, not the naysayers, those who have stacked up against you to root against you. Look to me, for I will do something in you and among you that you can't even begin to imagine. For I came to bring hope. I came to bring you peace it's not over look to me saith the Lord thank you Jesus
1: thank you Jesus thank you Jesus
0: your guest here this morning you just heard a message of tongues and interpretation as Paul writes about in 1 Corinthians 12 and 14. Ministry gifts that are given to the body of Christ to edify and to build and to strengthen. And I just wanna close with this prayer. If you're here today, please bow with me just for a moment because I want this to be a very private, a very private personal time for here today it's say, Pastor, everything around me said it's over. Everything around me said that it's done, it's finished. But I want to claim the word of the Lord this morning. That that final, that nail, that final nail is not in the coffin. That the death sentence has not been given. I'm gonna hope in him. With nobody looking around, if that's you this morning, say, Pastor, you know what, I'm, I'm facing things right now and it appears to be dead and final. Let hope be born again in my life today. Maybe it's your health, maybe it's your marriage, maybe it's your finances, maybe it's your job. That's you this morning. Nobody looking around. Just slip your hand up and say, Pastor, pray for me. I want to hang on to the word of the Lord. It's not over. It's not done. It's not finished. Father, today... thank you that you are mindful of our situation and our circumstance thank you that you would give, use gifts of the spirit to speak to us to challenge us not to give up not to wave the white flag not to cry quit lord today i pray for the hands that went up in the building maybe those online this morning Lord, maybe they're facing those insurmountable odds. Maybe they're in the midst of situations right now that it looks not promising, it looks gloomy. Lord, this Christmas time, let hope be reborn. Lord, those that are in darkness, may they see your light and may hope penetrate that darkness. And Lord, what you did then, do now. Restore dreams and visions Lord, your call is without repentance. I pray, Father, for those who feel so unworthy today, that struggle because of circumstances that happened to them in the past. Lord, free them of that bondage today, Lord, and bring healing to them. Heal their emotions. Heal their minds. Lord, restore their purpose. Lord, restore their destiny today, Lord. They've been robbed by the enemy too long. Lord, let hope be reborn today as we rediscover Christmas and the joy Lord it's not done and Lord we'll walk as long as we have breath Lord we'll keep fighting another day lead us to that promised land lead us to our dreams and our visions now Father take us out of here I pray give us a great day may we walk in victory Lord regardless of what's going on around us Lord you come as the Prince of Peace into our turmoil and into our troubles Lord, I speak blessings and favor over each person here. I thank you for what you're going to do as we rediscover Christmas. I ask it now in the mighty name of Jesus. We all said, amen. Amen. Angel, I see you in just a moment.